two episodes in a row. Hello, and welcome to the Bible Study Girl podcast. This is Sarita. You probably know me as Bible Study Girl. And over there, messing up the intro is my brother, my executive producer, also known as Bible Study Brother. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. It is I. Second one in a row, bro. I mean... It might not be in a row. You might not put these episodes together. They probably are not going to be in a row. So it'll be a welcome surprise for the people. (laughs) 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 Which came first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know. But he's on the road today, people. All right. Uh, Today we have a very, very special guest. I am talking to one of my cousins. I say all the time that I have 8 million cousins. I mean it. I do have like all the cousins in the world. Plenty of them to choose from. Uh, so today we're going to talk to Rhonda about her faith journey. Welcome to the show, Rhonda. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you said yes. I didn't have to apply too much pressure. You just came not, right. Not not too much. Not, not too much. too much. <laughs> you came <laughs> right Look, along. When you asked, I was like... Lord, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> but he started bringing back a lot of things to my remembrance. I was like, oh, okay. Well, thank the Lord that he does that for <laughs> us. I know when I, um, I've um, i only been a guest on one other podcast, and they sent me the questions, and the first question was, who are you? What is your story? And I had to call my best friend. I'm like, girl, who am I? I don't know who I am. <laughs> I'm like, what do I have to talk about, honey? Uh, it was a great experience. And I hope you have a great experience today. You have fun and just talk it out with us. Um, so I'm going to ask you that question. Who are you? Um, like, where did you come from? Just a little bit of background about yourself. And then we'll get deeper into your story. Okay. So I was actually born in Reedsville, Georgia. My dad was in the Army, and that's where he met my mom. Um, I think I was two weeks old when I came to Arkansas, and I have been here ever since, um, living with my who I call my mom, which is actually my grandmother. That's who raised me, my dad's mom. Um and that in itself was a it was a it was a great experience being there with my family. Well, great! Thanks for giving us a little bit of background. Uh, although we are cousins, we don't really talk because I'm not really connected with my dad's side of the family. I need to do better. I'm trying to do better, child. But <laughs> I got I got daddy issues. I'm trying. No, I'm trying. <laughs> I think we all have some 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 issues. <laughs> we all gotta do better. Yeah, I'm trying to do better. So this is a great way to break it open. So, do you remember how old you were when you decided um, to be baptized? When you were saved? Well, actually, that wasn't my decision. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of told so. I was about eight or nine, and it was revival going on during that week. So I attended a a very small country church, literally 
maybe 12 people at the most on a good day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that Monday night, I did not go to revival. I said that I was sick. I don't remember if I was actually playing sick or if I was really sick. (laughs) Well, it didn't matter because that Tuesday night, my mom came and she was like, oh, you going to church tonight? She was like, she named two of the kids at church. They went and they took the morning bench and you going to go and take the morning bench tomorrow. And I said... The morning bench, I was like, what is that? I was like, does that mean that I got to go sit on the bench in the morning? And she was like, no. She said, that means that you're going to accept Christ. And I was like, well, what do I, what do I say? Now, I believed in Jesus. I did because it was always taught in my household. But I really didn't have a good understanding of what I was doing at the time. And she said, well, you're going to get up there and say, and you're going you're gonna to say that you believe in the Lord and you trust in the Lord and that's going to be it. And I said, okay. So that Tuesday night came, and I got up there, <laughs> and I said what she told me to say. And it may have been about two to three weeks later, I was baptized in an actual lake. Oh, so great. she made my baptism garment and the little thing that goes on my head. And I had an aunt that was visiting at the time from Illinois. It was my mom's sister. And... <laughs> We actually waited in that lake and got baptized together in the in the dirty lake. All right. You know, both sides of my family are from the deep country. And all of these folks on this podcast getting dipped in this water, child. <laughs> like the real water in the lake. The do, real lake. Do you know how to yeah. swim? No, not at all. Were you nervous? Very much so. But you went, but you went on through with it. I did. I did. Okay. So being eight or nine and being baptized um, is a completely different experience from being older and coming to it on your own. What was your faith like from nine through your teenage years? Did you have, um, did you go to church every Sunday? I, I went to church every single Sunday. I did. <laughs> um, I just brought this back to my remembrance probably in the past two to three years. But after that, in our living room, we had this, this big, long stereo. And inside the stereo, we kept what we called the family Bible. It was a huge white Bible. And I can remember on Saturday mornings, going in that living room, sitting with this Bible on the floor and just reading, like literally being in there for hours. And I used to be like, mama, I was like, I don't really understand this. And she used to always say, ask God for understanding, ask God for understanding. I will say this. I think the church that I was at, I think it was good for a foundation, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't really conducive for growth. And I honestly don't think it was conducive for growth for the kids because literally you had three kids. Yeah. Nor was it conducive for the adults. Um, so we continued to go to that church. I think when I turned 17, I was actually able to go to a church of my choice. My mom still stayed at the church for a bit of time, but I actually ended up branching off going to another church um, up until the time that I graduated from high school. And went off to college. How did you find that church? <laughs> How did you find that church? Just from different people talking. Okay. Different people talking, yeah. 
What I was most interested in in my youth and teenage years, it definitely wasn't the preaching because I didn't get it. It was the <laughs> I went to, to church for the singing. I used to be like, Mama, is it going to be preaching today? And she'd be like, no, it might not be any preaching today because we used to go to a lot of different musicals and programs and stuff. And that would always be my first question. Is it is there going to be preaching today? <laughs> like, no, no, baby, it's not going to be preaching today. Were you in the choir? I was. All choir. right. Alto, soprano. Soprano. Uh, nobody. <laughs> can he? Okay. We got a family singing group. I mean, because like I said, you know, we're both from the country. The other side of my family is from the country. I think the church you grew up in probably has more members in the church that we go to on the holidays. So Christmas morning, we will sing a song as a family. Somebody on this show will rehearse with us. But come Christmas morning, they refuse to get up. And sang in front of the three folks that's in the church. It's too early in the morning. Is it me or is it somebody else on here? <laughs> I think it's you. Sounds <laughs> like, like somebody else. Somebody else just refuses go to rehearsal and won't get up. It's just us there. You need to let that go. So anyway, um, so you stayed at this church until you graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. Where did you go to college? I came to the University of Arkansas, Little Rock. All right. And I attended college here. Um, now, there was a college up the street from where we lived at. We lived in the dorm. So there was a college uh, church up the street, but we did not attend the church. So me and my best friend got together with, it was her roommate, my sweet mate. We got together one Friday night, and we said we were going to go to my sweet mate's church. And we did now, guess what we did? <laughs> <laughs> we went there one night. This is going to sound so bad. <laughs> we went there one night. We joined the church. And we never went back. <laughs> <laughs> they must have had good service that night. Were they in revival? <laughs> it was good service. <laughs> I think they were having some type of carnival or something. You like, mm, we joined I love. Come on. And the staff there kept riding us and riding us, and we did not return to the church. Never went back. Never went back. Thank you, Jesus. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice <laughs> night. I appreciate y'all. That chicken was good. She sang that song. We we moving on. Um, there you go. How long did it take for you to find a church in the Little Rock area, or did you ever find one? I did. Well, my my best friend, her her uncle was actually a pastor here in Little Rock. So we actually end up going to his church. Hey, that may have been a year later on a, a consistent. Um, we end up going there on a consistent basis. Now, you talked about um, the church you growing that you grew up in not really being a place for growth. Was this new church a place where you started to grow and maybe understand some things more or no? It was, it was, and we'll, I guess we'll talk about this a little bit later. So it was a place for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And so both of us end up going to another church and that may have been 
in 2004, mm-hmm. 2005 maybe. And so we actually stayed at this church, and she's still at the church. I have, I'm not at that church any longer, but um, it was a great experience, I think, for where I was at that time um, in my spiritual walk with God. I actually set out a church probably for like five years, and I would say that started in 2000. 14, maybe four years, 2014. So in 2013, I started to take my my walk with Christ um, more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, I end up, can we talk about this for a little bit? So at that time, I ended up just cutting out a lot of things that I was, that I was doing. Um, I made a vow to God to be abstinent at that time. Oh, God bless um, you. at that time and so I just really kind of started to take my walk with Christ seriously and we'll back up a little bit because there are some things that happened in between say 2005 2004 2005 up until the time that I actually um, left the church just with me um, personally and what my my walk with God was was starting to to look like um, in 2009. I had an an experience as a family where there was another act of violence against another family member that cost him his life. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I think for me, it was the first time that I could acknowledge and actually saw how God moved and how God orchestrated things. Mm-hmm. My mom at the time. She had a sister that was sick with with cancer. And so she had been in Minnesota probably for a month at that time. And she called at Thursday, and she was like, I'm getting ready to come home for the weekend. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, your Aunt Brenda is doing, she's doing better. Well, when she got ready to come home that Thursday, Aunt Brenda ended up dying that Friday. Mm. And then that Saturday is when we had a tragedy in our family. And so I saw how God orchestrated that because had Umbrenda not died and my mom ended up staying there at that time, um, she would have been home to witness everything that took place. So that was kind of like my first time, like seeing God and and recognizing his movement in a situation. Um, After that, That was November 2009. So I had to kind of be the the rock and kind of hold up everybody in the situation. But it wasn't really good for me. And I didn't know it wasn't really good for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So months after that, like, and I'm talking about months after that, it really started to take a toll on me. And I went through a a little bout of... uh, I would say a little bout of depression. I was at this, I worked at this job and I think God puts people in positions for you and for what you're going to need because the honest to God truth is I should have been fired. Mm. Like it was days that I didn't want to get out of bed. Or it was days that I got to work. My break was at 10 15. I would leave at 10 15, not return for the day. Mm. I would leave on my lunch break, not return for the day and I think the breaking point for me was in July 
of 2010. I went to the doctor and the doctor came in and he was like, are you trying to lose weight? Is there, there's something going on that you're trying to lose weight? And I said, no. And I just, I, I lost it right there in the doctor's office. Oh, so that day he gave me an antidepressant. I told him what was going on. He gave me an antidepressant. Well, I took the antidepressant and I, <laughs> I felt like I was going loony. And I remember laying in the, it was July 15th. I landed bed and I was like, God, I just want to feel normal because I felt like I was at a point to where, like, I felt like I was suffocating. It felt like somebody was sitting on my chest and just squeezing my chest just enough for me to, to breathe. That let it go just enough for me to get a gasp of air. And it was this feeling every single morning mm. that I woke up. And I remember laying in the bed and I said, Lord, I just want to feel normal. And this had been going on for months. And July the 17th, I was getting ready to fly out of town because I was going to visit my other family. And I was getting ready to fly out of, out of town. And it wasn't until I was on the plane that I was like, I feel like myself again. Like, it, it had been going on for so long. It took me even a minute just to realize that it wasn't there anymore. Um, and I was really, really grateful for that. So in October... I think it was October of, yeah, October 2010. I was getting up. It was like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I was getting up to go to the restroom and get, get back in bed, and I heard a voice say, if you obey my commandments, I will give you the desires of your heart. Now, keep in mind, I guess I was a little ungrateful because <laughs> <laughs> I was still kind of mad, and my response was, a and I got back in the bed and, and got up, to start my day and thought nothing of it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really until 2013, I was like, okay, God, you know what? I'm tired. Here, here, here I am. This is me, and, and here's my life. You can have it and do whatever you want to do with it. Now, I said that, but I didn't really know exactly what that meant because we've kind of been on a little – little roller coaster over these past couple of years. (laughs) I think that happens to all of us. Um, We step away. We don't listen. I know I'm hard-headed. I have very, I have audibly heard, like you, I've audibly heard the voice of God tell me no. And here I am, 20 years later, finally being (laughs) like, oh, you meant what you said, huh? (laughs) You meant that thing. So, (laughs) so, During that time, you're not going to church. Do you have people in your life that can speak faith to you and that are trying to pull you in that direction, or you just? So what happened was, it was, it was in 2014. I had I was going to, I was still going to church, but it got to a point to where I felt like I was hungrier when I left the church after the sermon. Wow. A thing, it was like every single Sunday. And I was like, I sat in church one Sunday and I was like, you know what? I can't do this, not another fucker, as the old folks say. I can't do it, not another day. I end up meeting two women from two different places. Um, one is from North Carolina. The other one is from Pennsylvania. 
And when I tell you the time that I set out and the time, and I, to this day, it, and I, it was on social media, but to this day, I really don't even know how I even got connected with them. Um, and when I tell you that they poured into me and poured into me, and it wasn't just a, I just know you from Facebook type of thing. It was one, one of the women I talked to every day, like twice a day. It was like, almost like she was a part of my family and I had never, and still to this day, haven't laid eyes on her, but we talk frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, the other one that's in Pennsylvania, we talk, excuse me, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. We talk, um, a lot. And so if there's any question that I have about something that I don't understand, like I can always reach out to her. Um, just to have my questions answered or she'll text or something and say, I'm praying for you or something like that. They are, they have been very, very instrumental, um, in, in my walk, very instrumental. And I've grown so much over the, over the course of those years. And I was like, God, why isn't this, why is this not being taught in church? And the thing was, is that I was tired of hearing the feel good messages, right? Yeah. I knew what my life looked like. And I was like, God, I want to know this God, this God that I see in the Bible. Like, that's who I want to know. Right. This is what I want to know. And I wasn't getting that. I think that's very common, um, especially when you get to a place where you're hungry and you want more. There are a lot of churches, like you said, that will give you uh, the feel good, the everything is going to be all right. But you need practical you need practical steps about how to walk this out. And that's why I asked you if you had anybody in your life that you could talk to about these things um, that could move you in the right way. Um, I think it's really important for us to be involved in the community and have people that can speak into our lives, uh, that have the same beliefs that we believe and can push us on in the right direction. Cause I know um, I work my friends over I know I do. <laughs> I'm a, uh, I'm a, Amen. I say friends, not, not, no. not you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so do you, okay. So that's the change for you. You are finally listening to God. I want you to do it this way. Um, did you have anybody that, so I suppose they supported you through your depression. Is that something you share with other people or you just like kept it to yourself? They weren't around at that. At that time, they were not around. Okay. I think that, I don't think I really shared that with anybody. My mama knew and my mom's brother, my uncle, he knew. And he was actually very instrumental in me getting a closer walk with God because at that time he was calling his friends that he knew and he actually introduced me to um two pastors one is still in my life the other one um i is not but the first person that he introduced me to like literally they would call me every single morning to pray with me before i got to work um and then months later he introduced me to um the lady she had been around our family for a long time and he was like i'm gonna um call her he was like just call her and talk to her and so she became a big part of my life too that's awesome okay so you Got us up to 2013. What happens mm -hmm. in 2013? What's different? What's oh, new? 2013, <laughs> I was sitting there, and I was listening to Sid Roth is what I was watching. 
And it's like the Lord was just tugging and pulling on my pulling on my heart. And I think that's when I told him, okay, here I am. You can do do whatever it is that you want me to do. Now, I was still going to church at that time. It wasn't until 2014 when I stopped um, going to church. In 2013, I was had been introduced to the lady from Carolina and the lady from Pennsylvania. Um, and so I was still going to church. I was still interacting with them. But it was just, it was something there that was not connecting for me um, at church. And then that's when I made the decision to sit out. Now, I still went here and there. And I was still going to different churches to see what it was that I, I wanted. And the thing was is that I knew what I was looking for. Um, I couldn't really explain it to anybody else. So what I was looking for and what I said was is when I when I when I'm there and I find it, I'll know it. So in between that time, I had several jobs, not several jobs, two jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so my second job, um, I'm a director of a program and so I was getting audited, which is typical. And so the young lady that came in, it was really a divine connection. And this was actually in 2018. And she came in and she sat there and we talked for a little bit um, when she got there. And like for the first day or so, like she was, she came in and she was just, she was talking about God, like the whole time. I was like, okay. (laughs) So we went to lunch and um, she was talking to me and she was telling me, um, about her pastor, and I was like, oh, okay, and I was listening to stories about her church, so I was like, well, what church do you attend, and so she talked to the church, and I said, okay, I'm gonna visit, well, I went there for Bible study, I was so excited to go, <laughs> I went there for Bible study, and I said, okay, I, I, I kind of, I like this, so I went back um, that Sunday, and the Lord said, this is where you're supposed to be, and um I was like a kid in a candy store. It's like I, I finally found a home. And so I've been there, and I've, I've been there ever since, and it's been a great experience, very, very great welcoming atmosphere, um, the undivided word of God, um, the truth without any censor, um, just rawness um, about the word of God. And that's, that's exactly what I was needing, what I was, I was looking for. Awesome. I'm glad you found it. I think one of my biggest issues probably um, with church and just Christianity in general is that a lot of times people are not open. They're not honest. They're not real. And you need that because, listen, y'all have not been in church all y'all life. You know you haven't. Over there on the mother's board with your hat on now, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) what you did before you got that so I think it's important for people to find a church that fits where they are there are some church some people do need to be in a church where it's 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 simple it's you know easy like you said the feel-good stories that's to get you in there but as you grow you need something more you need something different so I'm glad you found that for yourself um and that you listened and did just kind of yeah we can we can say kind of I told you this little this this thing with me and God is it's been a real roller coaster. Um I felt like I I'm gonna say I gave up a lot 
but gave up a lot in the worldly sense, right? Right. So my mom got sick. She was with, she stayed with me for a little bit, and so I took care of her for a little bit. So I was praying, and I'm I'm not talking about, I'm going to say you a little five-minute prayer. I mean, I was really on my face before God, and the stuff that I was asking for, it wasn't for me. Like, it was for other people. Yeah. And I think during that time, what God was trying to, to teach me because I was a I was a little angry with him for a little bit. I was I was I think I was more hurt than anything. I think it was a, it was a deep hurt because I was like, Lord, I've been faithful. Like I I don't ask for much. The stuff that I ask for is not for me. And I think what God was teaching me at that time is a lot of times what we do is we take our wishes and our prayers and we give it to him like he's a genie in the bottle and we say, Here, right. we want you to this and and we end up being disappointed in the end because we never really asked him what his plans are we want to give him our plans and expect him to do it that's and me. so we got over that we look we back on we back on track we got over that little hump <laughs> we are back on track <laughs> we just had look i had an all-out ugly booger snotting cry <laughs> telling them how i felt and and we're good now back on track but the important thing, though, is that he can handle that. Like, we have to be honest with him about how we're feeling. He knows it anyway. So, right. it's no point lying and acting yeah. like we all good. But I think the older doctrines that have made us feel like we can't say how we feel because they yes. would just tell us not to do that. But that's not like a... We can't ask questions or ask him anything. Or, yes. No, I'm going to ask. Didn't yeah. they say we made in his image yeah. and likeness? Because, I, I mean, got questions. Yes, because, the, the, <laughs> you know, the, the examples they'll give us are all the examples of when people were being disrespectful Yeah. and being, like, disrespectful. So in the Old Testament, so when they was disrespectful, he just was like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. It's, it's out of it, like... <laughs> I done gave you everything. Like, I told you not to do just one thing. Like, I ain't even asked you to do nothing extreme. I just said, don't do this. But um, being honest, because you have to be honest, because you'll never find where he's trying to lead you if you right. don't say, these are my emotions. I mean, make it plain. Make it plain. I don't, I think we make him too much of a, I don't know what word I want to say. We make him separate. He's a part of us. I mean, like you, God is in us. God is a part of us. God created us. Like it's not a parent who you cannot talk to. Again, he may say no and may not give you the thing that you think you want, but you will always get what you need even more so than what you need because that's the blessing business. So I know you had your snot and your cry. Do you think you came out of that experience better or did it make you bitter for a while no it didn't it didn't make me bitter I think it did it made me better I think it was a part of his process of truly teaching me who he was and truly teaching me about his nature and I think what it did was it made me shift um my expectations um it made me want to seek him out more for what his plans were and I would even say that it made me want to say, Lord, I'm going to leave this end result to you. However you do it in the middle, let me just trust you that it's going to be done how you want it done and not how I want things to be done. Uh, what's something that you would say 
um, to your younger self, like something that you didn't understand, but now you understand in your adulthood that you could like translate to your younger self to help oh others God. in that. Like, you know, cause we all need that moment of like, you ain't got to wait 30 years to get it. Yeah. This is how I got it. Having a relationship with God is real. Um, I would say to my younger self to get to know God for yourself as soon as you can. And not just in the aspect of him being quote unquote, some big sky daddy, but yo, you can sit down and you can talk to God. Like I'm talking to y'all and you can have a real life conversation with him. Right. I think that's something that's really missing. I think that's what I was trying to say earlier. We, like you said, we try to make him separate, but like, no, 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 no. It's about relationship. And a lot of times yeah. in church, you get caught up in the rules. This is what you can and you can't do. And this is how you do it. And we completely miss the fact that he wants relationship with us. He didn't create us to just rule over us. He wants real relationship with us. So I think that's a great helpful nugget. Like you need that relationship. And we were talking to Charmaine. Um, and, you know, I think her analogy of being in a relationship with God is a lot like marriage. I mean, you may not like him every day, but he's yours. Like he, he belongs he's to you. He's still the best person. He's still the best <laughs> one to be with. It's, every day is not easy laughs and giggles, but if you're going to make a covenant with somebody, that's who you need to make. He never, you know, rolled over and not talked to you because he was upset with you. I mean, there was 400 years when he was silent. But it wasn't, he wasn't us. Talking to but it, wasn't us. it wasn't us. It wasn't You're us. right. It wasn't I'm us. Saying, that was, all, again, Old Testament. Old Testament. It was not us. It was between the old and the new is what I'm saying. Yeah, between. The intertestamental yeah. period. We're right. talking about he, he is a never growing and never changing. <laughs> he has grown into the best. <laughs> Listen, we was wilding, but not anymore. I still am. Sometimes. I, am, I mean, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm. And they wilding in my side. It's the process. It's the process. Do you think. Um, I know for me personally, life uh, has been challenging. I guess it's the simplest way I can put it. Life has been challenging, but I wouldn't trade the mess for where I am now. Because I often debate within myself, like, if you had done this differently, you know, where would you be? Um but I wouldn't trade it because I wouldn't be who I am right now. Mm. Now I am trying to be more um, obedient. How is your faith today? Because I know, yeah, I'm just going to leave it open and let ask you how your faith is today. I will say that it's it's still a work in progress. I mean, I think that, it, that it's something that will continue as, as I grow more in God, I think it's something that will, my faith will eventually increase to where it is that he wants it to be. Wants it to be. I think it is a definitely a work in progress. Um, what I can say is I thank God it ain't where it used to be. Amen. It's not where it used to be. <laughs> we are all works in progress trying to make it and get to the next step and the next level. Amen. Is there anything that you wanted to share that you didn't get a chance to share? Any like I love the fact that you shared that you know younger self get to know the Lord because child you gonna need him. But 
every single day. I mean, every minute, girl. Like, Lord, I hear yeah. you. Um, is there anything else you feel like you need to share, you want to say, that was left undone? I think I pretty much covered everything. Um, but thank you guys for having me. This has been it's been uh non frightening. Good. <laughs> Good. It's been non frightening. <laughs> I love to hear that. Like I want you to feel comfortable enough to share your story, the parts of your story you want to share, the parts you don't want. Because I think it really helps people. I'm always helped when I hear somebody else's story and I hear them say, you know, how they overcame something. Yeah, life was tough. Or even just to celebrate the joys of life with them. I think that's yeah. important too. This podcast is not all about I don't I don't think we hear enough of, of people's stories. I don't I either. People may be sometimes people may be embarrassed or ashamed by their stories because again, like when you're in, you're in church or you've been in a I'll say a religious setting, um, you don't really hear people share like they've been and how they got to where they are now. And I think it's because sometimes we can be so judgmental. Yeah. Um, instead of allowing a person to kind of be a little free in how they they give their story or their journey to Christ. Very true. We get real locked in. And if you're not doing it this way, you ain't right. I can't yeah. tell you how many old people I've heard <laughs> fussing <laughs> at teenagers uh, about their clothing. Um, but that's, we here to save souls. You work on the heart, the other stuff comes it's not right. always about following your rules and and i think that turns a lot of people off sometimes too a lot it turns yeah. a lot of people off because i used to work with the youth and talk to them about their issues and here comes sister i almost said a real name but here comes sister <laughs> uh, you see you you, you weren't going to mute it, though. I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, hey. And here comes Sister So-and-So wanting to talk about how your shorts are too short when we just got done talking about something that's real and deep. Like, that stuff will come. We have to build a connection first, and I think that's a lot of what's missing. We don't want to connect with people. We just want them to follow the rules. But like I said before, it's about relationship, man. Got to have relationships. We thoroughly enjoyed you. Yes. Yay. You going to give me some applause? Okay. okay. Thank you, sir. You got the applause. Thank you, sir. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's very important. Um, and we appreciate each and every one of our guests because we all have to talk about our walks, especially in this time. Right. Um, it's because so often, especially us as young people, because majority of the people who are teaching us are older than us, mm -hmm. we don't feel that there are other people going through what we're going through. Right. So it is imperative to talk to each other as Christians, to strengthen each other. So that way, as we are um, leading and bringing new souls and we are doing what we need to do for God, we can be in the right mindset, which is for God, by God. And all of that. Thank you, Reverend. <laughs> <laughs>
You're welcome. I appreciate your <laughs> input. <laughs> I do appreciate your input. No, I'm I, 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 was okay. I was like, are you ready to me? You want me to? I don't know. Okay. I was going to say something, but I forgot. Again, I really, really am grateful. Tell your friends. We are talking about faith over here. And though I love my brother and I love talking to him, I really do love hearing other people's stories because I think it really it helps. It breaks down barriers and it makes God more accessible to people because he's not just up in the clouds. Um, right. He's here with us and he wants the very best for us. So thank you so much for being open, honest, laying it all out on the table. Putting it on the line. Making my brother put a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> you know you've been doing me wrong lately. For me to say that, that's the least. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm not even gonna bring it back up. Don't bring it. I, I could have. The people are gonna hear it in a uh, in an episode. They did clearly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go to BibleStudyGirl.com where there are blog posts every single day. Follow us read on Instagram at underscore BibleStudyGirl on Twitter at BibleStudyGirl the number two. And then on the Gmails where you can send any testimonies or anything, um, concerns, prayer requests to us at BibleStudyGirl2019 at gmail.com. And please remember, it's not I preach, they preach, you preach, she preach, he preach, but we preach. And until we meet again, guys, keep preaching.